I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft and today I'm here with Jake Jackman who's going to talk us through his big wins and surprises from the Championship's most recent games, if you will do, Jake. Yeah, so um, this weekend, I'm not sure if there was many uh, surprising results. I think the one for me is probably Barnsley beating Not- Nottingham Forest. But yep. It's a bit of a surprise. Um, Barnsley have been good and we've often maybe overrated them a little bit on this podcast, but um, yeah, I thought that Forrest had slowly been turning a corner, but I think it's going to be a long, long rebuild rather than a, a short-term fix there for Chris Hewitt. So that was a bit of a surprise to me, but um, maybe on reflection it wasn't. But yeah, there wasn't too many others uh, this weekend that, that really surprised me. Um, so that, that was the main one. Um, maybe you could talk about Stoke and Huddersfield having as many as seven goals in it, but I don't know if it felt too much of a surprise as we spoke about Stoke a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it's, it's slim pickings. I guess you could maybe say Wickham getting a draw against Brentford is, is, is a big surprise, but, um, yeah, it, it was a, wasn't was too much of a um, big weekend to, to talk about, really. No, I know exactly what you're saying there. I struggled with a few games, and, and the one for me, again, was a draw, was probably that Wickham getting a nil-nil draw against Brentford, and not only a point, but a clean sheet as well against probably one of the best attacking teams in the division. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think the game of the weekend was the Stoke-Huddersfield. Um, not, again, probably not a surprise, but Preston beating Sheffield Wednesday, that was their first home win of the season for Preston there, so I thought I'd mention that one. Uh, and then the only other one for me that you know, you've know you not mentioned, I'm going to mention... Um, Norwich's win at Middlesbrough. We know that Middlesbrough missed that penalty in strange circumstances and then Norwich managed to get the three points, but we knew that would be a difficult game. We previewed this a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I know it was difficult to, to choose a winning side. So I think, you know, Norwich's victory there puts them top at the table and that was a, a big win against the Middlesbrough side who I still think will, will do well this season. But that takes us into uh, standout players from these set of games then, Jake. So who would you like to pick out? Yeah, I think there's probably a few for this one. Um, I'd probably go for, um, in the Stoke Huddersfield game, I thought Tyrese Campbell's very good. Um, I think he's been one of the best players um, for Stoke this season. He got a couple of goals and uh, yeah, he just seems to be really stepping up under uh, Michael O'Neill this season. So he was one that did catch my eye. Um, I thought yep. that, um, although he, it wasn't, um, he spoke about Norwich being a bit of a surprising perform, um, result. thought in that game that um, Emmy Buendia was very good again. I think he's already uh, mm. le- up to, close to leading the uh, league in chances created already, uh, considering his He's had a lot of less game time than other people. It's been a bit of a surprise. But he's such a good worker. That's what I'd pick about when he was in the Premier League. He makes a lot of tackles. He does work hard. And um, yeah, I thought he was very good. And um, 
think over the next two or three months, he's really going to step up and, and emerge as one of the best players in the division. But yeah, I think those two yeah. were the main ones that caught my eye. But um, yeah, it was again, it's, it's a bit of a difficult, uh, difficult weekend to talk about because there wasn't as much going on. I thought um, Lewis Cook was uh, quite good for, for Bournemouth as well. He was another one that, that caught my eye. But yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a quiet weekend in the Championship, really. Yeah, definitely. I think from the same games, I've picked out a few. Obviously, I had Tyrese Campbell as well. Uh, Solanke managed to get two goals for Bournemouth in, in their win, um, in that decent game that they had there, in that 4-2 win over Reading. Um, Corley Woodrow, we keep mentioning him, actually. He managed to get a goal and an assist uh, for Barnsley against Nottingham Forest. And he's another player what keeps improving um, every month, I'd say. I think we've been mentioning his name for a good a good year or so now and um, he often comes up in player of the week um, again I know that Kiefer Moore had a really good game for Cardiff uh, Grimes got the goal for Swansea he was fantastic and again as ever picking a couple of uh, goalkeepers out I thought Tim Krull um, had a great game for Norwich uh, managed to keep a clean sheet obviously um, save four shots on target but also Ryan Alsop um, in goal for Wickham we've already talked about them keeping that clean sheet against Brentford, which probably came as a shock. Um, but again, he, he had a really good gaming goal and uh, again, managed to keep out those four shots on target. So uh, they'd be my players. Uh, let's go into the topics proper now then, Jake. Uh, big question. I know, you know, we touched on it previously when Gary Monk was sacked and Sheffield Wednesday had the 12 points deducted to um, minus six points. So it helped them a little bit. But since then, Tony Poulis has uh, taken charge at Sheffield Wednesday. But the question that I want to ask you is, do you think Sheffield Wednesday should ex- escape relegation now with you know an experienced manager like Poulis in charge? Yeah, I'd probably say it. I, I'd expect Sheffield Wednesday to stay up now, um, especially if you think they had those extra six points uh, that they have um, earned this season, they would be out of the relegation zone. So, um with with so much of the season still to go, I think that they they should uh, have enough to to get out of it. Um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a disappointing first game for Pulis, but I don't think it was down to the the performance or anything that he did. I think the red card sort of flipped the game, didn't it? I think you you'll be able to talk about that a little bit more um, as a Wednesday fan. But it did seem to me that as soon as that red card went went in, it was difficult for the team to to get anything from it. But it's still. Despite the the domination Preston had, they only had nine shots during the game, which does uh, lend itself to, to what you'd expect from a Pulis team. I think they were well organised, even after the red card. You could probably we could have spoken about the two two Wednesday centre backs. Obviously, they brought Kieran Westwood back in, which adds a bit yeah. of experience. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think there's enough enough talent in the squad, and I think that Pulis will just get things done. And if if you look at his last job at Middlesbrough, even then it, they were pretty um, tough to break down, and that they. They were competing in the the top half of the league and probably unfortunate not to to do a little bit better under him. So yeah, I think I think you'll be fine. It's a it's a uh, close to an, a no risk appointment as you can get these days. So yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, you, I'm sure you've got some thoughts, Louis, considering you are Wednesday fan. <laughs> yeah, well, being a Wednesday fan, it's difficult to predict what's going to happen because you know my. My heart tells me that, you know, Wednesday will survive, but my head always, you know, has got that concern uh, that, you know, we are still in the relegation zone. And I know only 12, you know, games have been played, but we're, we're still only on the six points. It's it's the deduction in points, obviously, which is is the worry. You know, we'd have been out of the relegation zone if it wasn't for the deduction this season. Um, my concern is, 
not the defence like you've just touched upon there. You know, we've only conceded 11 goals uh, so far this season. So just slightly less than one a game, which isn't bad going. Uh, that's the same as Bournemouth and Bristol City were second and third in the division. Uh, the issue is um, up top, you know, six goals in 12 games. So only, you know, not even averaging, well, a goal a game, it's 0.5. And and I think it, we've only scored three goals from open play this season, a couple of penalties and an own goal. So uh, that is the worry, um, you know, We've got strikers at the club, you know, Jordan Rhodes, he's, I think he's only scored about four, five, six goals in a couple of years now. I remember his hat-trick last season at Nottingham Forest were the only goals he scored last season. Um, you know, players like Jack Marriott, Kachunga, they've never been, you know, prolific. So, yeah, this this is the worry, really. Um, but in terms of Tony Poulis, I think, yeah, his first game in charge, it's hard to judge because of that sending off. I think, you know, it wasn't a great game. Not much to talk about other than the sending off, really, and the goal. But, um, you know, any other day, I think we may have come away with a point. But, yeah, going forward, it was obviously a disappointment. disappointment. But I think, you know, Poulis being in charge at Wednesday, we will slowly, you know, gain points and, and creep up that table. But, you know, if, if someone was to say you're going to escape relegation now, then I'd, I'd snap the hand off, really. Um, and, never, and Tony Poulis has never been relegated either at any club um, in his entire career. So <laughs> don't know whether that's um, a good or a bad omen. I'm sure we'll find out by the end of the season. But yeah, I think with his experience, um, what he's done in the past is 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 certainly a safe bet for Sheffield Wednesday. I can certainly see why um, Dave Fonchanceri, the chairman, brought Poulis in. I mean, he wasn't my first choice, but you know, any manager that was available at the minute and a realistic appointment, I think uh, Poulis is, is obviously the man for the chairman. So uh, we'll certainly see what happens. Uh, but moving to one of the other sides, Jake, in this division, um, who are bottom of the table, which is Derby County. We know that Philip Koku was sacked. But how do you see the rest of the season panning out for Derby County now? Do you think that they you know, need to be concerned about, you know, becoming a drift from let's say Coventry in 21st and teams like Nottingham Forest and Rotherham who were who were just above the relegation zone what what's your thoughts on that yeah I don't think you can really be surprised at um Philip Koku going um I think that this didn't seem to be working out for him and there's an ownership change going on there's going to be a lot of change to Derby over the next next few weeks and months so um not too surprised especially as way result is going. I am slightly surprised that they are at the bottom of the table though because after the lockdown yep. last year I thought they were quite good. I thought that bringing Rooney in was, was fixing things a little bit and it was adding a bit of experience and quality um, to guide the young players but it just hasn't seemed to have gone well for them this year obviously. I think that at the moment in in Liam Rossinia and uh, Rooney I think they've got two good young coaches but I think they'd be a risk to give either one of them or, or I guess even both of them the job for the long term. They, Steve, Steve McCarran's come back in today as a as an advisor, so um, I guess that's probably to add a bit of con- continuity between the uh, new new owners and the old ones. Um, I'm sure that's probably why that's happened. But be interested to see if he has any say on who comes in. I was looking at the the odds to be the next manager. John Terry is currently the favourite, which is a bit of a surprise mm. really. I think that would be a, a huge risk. Um, I'm not sure how that would play off with Bruni. Um, so there's quite a lot of links to Sam Allardyce yesterday, but they seem to have quieted down a bit. Rafa Benitez is still in the running, which is, I don't think that will happen. 
Um, so yeah, it's, I think some of these names are being linked because of what they think this takeover could mean for Derby. But um, yeah, it's a difficult one. If I was if I was um, choosing the new manager for Derby, I'd probably go see if I could get somebody like a Pearson or an Allardyce, do similar to what Sheffield Wednesday did, and uh, bring in that yeah. no risk appointment. But um, it does look difficult for them. But although they are down in a 24th position, they're only three points off getting out of the relegation zone. And I think they've got more than enough quality to, to do that over the coming weeks. So yeah, I'm, I'm still not too worried about them, but um, they probably need to get this appointment sooner rather than later. And um, I guess we we can come back to it when we, we know who the manager is to, to decide whether we think it, it's a good move or not. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you said John Terry at you know, his firm favourite there. And, and that's a surprise to me as well, because, you know, we've, we've Rooney and Racine already in place as caretakers, you know, um, I don't see what else John Terry could offer, really. Um, and then you've got, like you mentioned, Sam Allardyce, all of his experience, and he's kind of the opposite of John Terry, that is, you know, been there and done it. And we know that Terry was at Villa as, a you know, an assistant manager, etc. But, um, yeah, there's a few surprising names. I don't think... Um, you know, the likes of Benitez would go or even Steve Cooper's mentioned that. You know, I don't know why he'd leave Swansea in, you know, with the position he's in at the minute. Uh, Steve McLaren's named, but you said he's already gone there as an advisor. The other one, Paul Cook, potentially, like I said, he, he was the one that sprung to my mind when sh- the availability was there at Sheffield Wednesday. So I think he'd be a good appointment, especially the position Derby find themselves in. But do you think then, whoever they appoint, Jake, Derby have still going to avoid relegation this season they are you know only three points adrift at the minute but they've, they've won one game in 12 um you know i think that they should slowly start to climb the table even though i don't think they've got bags of quality in that squad anymore but what's your thoughts on that yeah i think they should um they would see we did talk about um, about possible playoffs at some point over the last year. So I think they've got a bit of quality. I'd probably rate them a little bit higher than yeah. you do. Um, I think the likes of Max Bird, Jason Knight, um, Louis Sibley, they're, they're all young players, but they're, they're all going to get better. And I think they've got a few good experienced players. I think Matt Clark is one of the better centre-backs in the division on his day. Um, probably hasn't been helped with what's around this year. Um, and then you've obviously got Rooney, Tom Lawrence, uh, I think Jobs React is, is meant to have quite a good reputation who came in um, during the summer. So, yeah, I think they've got enough quality in there. David Marshall, one of the better goalkeepers in the league as well. And there, there were signs that it was turning around a few weeks ago, the draw against Forest, then the draw against Cardiff, and, and the draw against Bournemouth. You know, three good teams that they, they didn't lose to, and they seemed to be they seemed to be turning a corner, but then it the beats to QPR, Barnsley, and Bristol City have just, just stopped that um, dead. So, it does, mm. it's a tricky one, but... And, and I think it's... When we uh, record today, I think um, we've got Millsbury in, in midweek. So by the time you listen to this, that might have happened. But that was a, that's a tough game. But after that, it does ease up a little bit. They've got uh, Wickham at the weekend, which I think is a huge game for them and one that they probably need to win. And then they've got Coventry, who can see a lot of goals. Millwall, Brentford, Stoke. You know, and tricky games coming up. Um, then Swansea and Rotherham. They're playing a few of the, the teams below them as well. So I think... Starting from the weekend, the games against Wickham and Coventry, they're the real big ones. They really need to be looking at, at winning both of those at home. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll know a lot, lot more about them this time next week. Yeah, you're right. I was just thinking the same thing that, you know, 
big week for Derby and, and this is where they really need to start picking up points and, and, and climbing that table. Let's move into uh, another topic and it's it's news that's come about in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, so it wasn't planned as such. Um, but obviously at the moment, they're looking at bringing fans back into the stadiums and, you know, a maximum of 4,000 people in a stadium dependent on capacity. Do you think it's the right time to do that, Jake? You know, let's say beginning middle of December and, you know, at least get fans back into the ground, which is a lifeline for your smaller clubs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's good news. And uh, if the the government have said it's safe to do so, I think it, it can only be seen as a positive thing. But um, it's going to have to be staged and it's got, got to be done in the right way, I think. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Good, good news for the EFL, especially, because they've, there's still been a lack of support from the government and the Premier League as, as of yet. I'm not sure if it, I think there's been a, a package agreed with League One and Two, but I'm not sure if there's one agreed for the Championship yet. So it's yeah, it's it's a difficult um, it's difficult to talk about really, but it's a good thing. And I think that going into Christmas, if we if that does happen, it does bring back a little bit of normality to people's lives, which can only be seen as a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. I think it's um, going to boost morale. And as long as the safety measures are put in place and they're adhered to, then I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. Um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a minority who act stupid like always and it ruin it for the rest of, you know, society. But um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, I think it's the right time. It's almost a year, isn't it now, where games have been played behind closed doors. So, um We've, we've faced a difficult period. I hope it just doesn't, you know, um, after, you know, in, in the new year, hit the news again that, you know, we're, they're going to have to play games behind closed doors again because it's, you know, the virus continues to spread and, and then they put some blame on football fans, etc. I just I just sincerely hope that doesn't happen. But um, but yeah, going forward, it's, it's like you say, it's very positive news. And um, yeah, I, I hope it works out. And, you know, financially, it, it's good for, you know, all the EFL teams. Um, my only concern is that, you know, some fans, what probably would have gone to the ground a year or so ago, would they still have question marks on returning to the football stadium until, you know, the, the pandemic is completely over? I'm not sure. But um, but going forward, like I say, if, if everything's in place and it's it's adhered to correctly, then, um, then yeah, it can only be a good thing. Uh, that takes us into thoughts and feelings then, Jake. So if you want to pick a side of your choice uh, and just discuss how you feel them, about them at present. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go for um, Watford on this one because I think I've been quite impressed with um, Watford this year. Um, bit of a, a, a turner for the books that the three relegate teams are currently in the top six at this stage of the season, but I guess it might say something about the what the season's going to be and the amount of games in such a short time. Maybe that does benefit those coming down with the slightly bigger squads and a bit more quality. Um, if you look down Watford squad as well, it's just packed with, with talent and players that would be playing for most other teams. So, um, you know, you've got Ben Foster in goal. He's very experienced and he's, you know, done it all and played for England. So he, they've got him in goal, which is always good. They've got um, Ben Wilmot and, and Jeremy and Gakia. Uh, and players like that at the back who who are young and developing. Nathaniel Chalaber was was in England squad not so long ago, so yeah, he's he's obviously going to do well at this level. And it, in Ismail Assar and uh, Joel Pedro, I think they've got two of the the better young attacking players in the league. And and especially Ismail Assar, it's incredible that he's playing in the championship. And since he's come into the team, we've seen him do really well. So yeah, it's it, I think you've just got to look at them and and. And see that they're only going to to be able to establish themselves in the top six and probably put in a, a title challenge. Um, especially if you look at the players that are, that haven't really featured much this year, um, Troy Deeney, Glenn Murray, Will Hughes. You know, they're players that will come in and offer something at some point in in the, in the next few months when the games are coming thick and fast. So yeah, I think that you've got to be impressed with Watford. I've been quite impressed with the new manager coming in. Um, adjust into the league they don't concede too many goals i think 10 goals conceded is might be the, the fourth or fifth defense in the league which shows mm. that they've got that quality there and yeah i think that we'll see over the december period the, the ability to rotate that that watford will have will put them in a, in a good position to push on up the league so yeah i've been impressed with them um and I, i'd expect them to to move up the table rather than down it yeah, I'm with you. I've always thought that Watford should be right up there this season and, you know, only losing two games so far, I've got to still believe it. You know, I think that they'll be, uh, they're in fifth at the minute, but, you know, come the end of the season, I really do think they'll be in the top three. As you mentioned, a lot of players there, they've, they've simply just got the quality. And I think, you know, the, the, the new manager's done a great job so far, considering he's, he's not been there too long at all. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay at the top of the table, um, a team what surprised me a little bit. I'm going to talk about Bristol City. And I think, um, you know, similar to Watford in the in the table, you know, that they're only a point ahead of Watford in, in the championship at the moment. But yeah, Dean Holden's come in and done brilliant so far. I mean, we, we know that Bristol City have been pondering around those playoffs and, and just missed out. But we've been impressed with how, you know, the, the style of play that they... they, they did under Lee Johnson and, you know, I always remember that Lee Cup run where they were fantastic um, and, and they've got the experience and they've got the players, but they just, at, at this present time, seem to have stepped it up one more level. Um, and I don't know what that is, you know, obviously credit to Dean Holden for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've got to look at the players that he brought in. I mean, I'm surprised that a player like Chris Martin, who, you know, he seems to have been around for ages, you know, left Derby with, you know, a lot of games under his belt and he's come to Bristol City and, and, and seems to have, you know, fit right in. He's got one goal, four assists this season. And for players like Diadu up front and Naki Wells, etc., um, you've got Kalos in defence. 
they've got some great players, but like again, like I say, I, I just think that they've, they've stepped it up a gear this season so far, and I'm, I'm really, you know, considering them as a dark horse for automatic promotion at this stage. Um, like I say, they've, they've only lost three games in 12, and I think, yeah, just going forward, that they got so much attacking prowess and, you know, the ability to score. The only concern at the minute is, you know, maybe have they conceded a few too many goals, but I think if they'd have, you'd have said after 12 games that have been sat third level on points with Bournemouth and one point behind Norwich, two teams what came down from the Premier League, you know, they'd love to have been in that position. So, uh, so yeah, credit where credit's due. I think I'm going to mention Bristol City, but most of all, uh, a pat on the back for Dean Holden, like I say, because I think so far he's he's been great. He's been great for the championship. And not only that, when he as the manager I kind of had question marks over him and wasn't sure that he'd do so well and I know it's still early days but I think um, but yeah he could really prove to be a great manager in this division so he's really got hold of the reins and and carried Bristol City forward so far from you know Lee Johnson Lee Johnson leaving so uh, so yeah well done to him that takes us into previews and predictions Jake so three key fixtures uh, that's straight into Saturday at 3 p.m. so we've got Rotherham versus Bournemouth how do you feel about that one yeah I think this should be quite an interesting game um, Bournemouth have been a lot better than I'd expected them to be this year after losing all the players. And Eddie Howe thought it was going to be a, a transitional season, but they're, they're really pushing towards the top of the league. Lots of goals in their games as well. They're a team that are quite entertaining to watch. Mm. Um, one of the leading scorers in the league, so, and against Rotherham, who have done pretty well. That you know they come up and down from this level, and each time they seem to be best to equipped for it. And and in their current position, they'll probably be have one eye on on what Sheffield Wednesday and Derby are doing two teams that could surge up but they're in a pretty good position and again they're a team that are difficult to break down at times um, one of the better defences in the bottom half so it would be a, an interesting one I'd expect Bournemouth to win especially after the way they came back against Reading they just have so much attacking quality um, so yeah I think that they should have enough for this one um, but it would it, be uh, an interesting game and it'll be won't well, be an easy one going away to Rotherham. These Rotherham will get a few big wins at home this year, but I'm not sure this will be one of them. I think Bournemouth should have enough. Yeah, I'm with you. I think just simply based on the league table and you know Bournemouth have won the last two. I'm going to go for a two-one win to Bournemouth in this one. Um, I think it'll be a real difficult game for Rotherham. Rotherham, even though. You mentioned that you know that they're impressing slightly, you know, this season, and and Rotherham have have done really well um, so far. So, uh, but yeah, I think Bournemouth will just have too much for them. Again, Saturday three o'clock. Um, this is an interesting one. So both in the relegation zone at the minute. Uh, Derby versus Wickham. What's your prediction for that? Yeah, this is the one we we touched on earlier, wasn't it? It's a it's a huge game for Derby and Wickham. I think, but Wickham have been improving. I think. Um, the last few weeks they've got the, the back-to-back wins and then they got a draw against Brentford who we regard as one of the better attacking teams in the league and I'm sure yeah. Brentford at some point will go on a run and move up the league league table but um, Wickham, yeah, they're doing they're, they're improving, I think that they pick a game for Derby but I think there could be a bit of a bounce in this one maybe the new manager will be appointed, I think that this is a must-win game for Derby and I just think that they've got the slightly better players to do it so yeah I think I'm going to tip the Derby win. I'm going to go uh, 1-0 Derby. I don't think there's going to be many goals. I think it's going to be quite a nervy one. 
Yeah, I think he'll be nervy one too. And because I don't think either side will want to lose, I'm kind of, I'm not swaying towards a Wickham win, but I think I'm going to predict a draw just simply because Wickham have um, improved a lot in this last five games. They've only lost one in the last five. Um, and with Derby losing three on the bounce, I'm going to go 1 1 in this one. But I think it's, it's as we mentioned earlier, Derby really needs to start picking up. You know, point sooner rather than later, and and if they're going to do it, then you know, a home to Wickham is is probably the right time. But yeah, I'm, I'm still going to sit on the fence a little bit and and say a one-one draw. Uh, that takes us into Sunday at 12 p.m. So uh, Nottingham Forest, who we've touched on a, a bit this uh, show against Swansea, we're in fourth. What's your prediction for this one? Yes, yeah, a a game that we learned a lot about both teams. I think Swansea have just been consistent this year. They've taken on what they did last season. I think they've got one of the better defences in the league, only conceding seven times in 12 games. Um, had a couple of poor results recently, but they got the win at the weekend. Um, and yeah, they're in fourth position and, and in touching distance are going top. And this is a game they'll be looking at. Um, it's one that they could win to go on and, and move up the table, but Nottingham Forest are, are slowly improving on to Chris Hughes. And it is, you know, they had the back to back wins against Wickham and Coventry, two poor teams, but still back-to-back wins, and they lost to Barnsley, which would be a bit of a disappointment for them. But I think we're going to see slow improvement from Chris Eaton over the year. Um, and yep. Wouldn't be surprised if they pick it up some of them this one. You could see it being low-scoring. Um, Swansea got one of the better defences in the league, and I don't think that Hewitt sets his teams up to defend and, and be well-organised, and we did see signs of that um, in the last few weeks when they've kept a couple of clean sheets. Um, so, yeah, I think that going to be a, a a tight game and I think I'm going to tip the, the one or draw in this one. Yeah, I've got one or draw again. I know that's boring and, you know, kind of obvious to say because you've gone for that. So it kind of sticks out and it's a gut feeling. But yeah, for, for whatever reason, I've, I'm with you. I think Forest does slowly improve and, and Swansea away from home are, are unpredictable, even though I think they'll be right up there this season and, and probably getting the playoffs again Steve Cooper's doing a fantastic job uh, but yeah I'm, I'm going to go with that 1-1 prediction for this one also uh, but unfortunately Jake we've reached the end of the show so thanks for joining me and if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you online now will be a good time yeah thanks for listening you get me on Twitter at Jake Duffman with two ends um, and you can get anything I do on EPL Index and I'm also on the Premier League show on this channel as well sometimes you can get that on Twitter at EPL Roundtable yeah, cheers for that, Jake. I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we upload and post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, we would like to take this opportunity to thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.